It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. When you think of addiction, various illegal and harmful substances probably spring to mind, but not sugar. Yes, you know that candy, cookies, soda, and your other favorite sweet treats aren't the healthiest options. And sure, you may feel the urge to satisfy a craving once in a while, but there's no way that sugar can totally hijack your life, right? Wrong. My guest today is Dan DeFigio, and he is one of the most respected names in the fitness and nutrition industry, and he is the author of Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies. And he's joining us today on Amy's Table to bust a few myths. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Amy. I'm great. Thanks for asking me to come on the show. Well, I, I have to ask you, so explain sugar addiction sort of 101 for us. Well, I think um, the problem with sugar in our society is that it's so prevalent, and it's cheap, and it's everywhere, and it's socially acceptable, and um, sugar hits our brain in some of the same pleasure and reward centers as some other uh, addictive substances like alcohol and cocaine. So it can really have that. Uh, the frosting on your cupcake is just like crack to your brain. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but I know people who it is like crack. <laughs> it really is. And it, uh, you know, I mean, eating a lot of sugar is not going to destroy your life like having a heroin addiction might right. or a gambling addiction, but it does have some drastic health consequences. And um, people get in trouble because they tend to grab convenience foods and eat whatever is available instead of p- taking a few minutes to plan ahead. And that's where they get in trouble because most of the convenience foods, things that are quick and easy, are very unhealthy. And so actually, let's talk about that for a second because, you know, we talked about cupcake icing and things, but a lot of food has hidden sugar. There's sugar in, it seems as though it's everything. Things that we might consider savory are often loaded with sugar as well, aren't they? That is very true. And it's partly because it's cheap. Well, yeah, I, I think a good rule of thumb, I'm a big proponent of trying to coach people to eat whole foods and natural foods. Mm-hmm. If most of the uh, foods on your plate are vegetables and lean, clean protein, you're going to be good. Once you start eating out of boxes and wrappers, that's when you start to get a lot of uh, extra added sugar and artificial chemicals and preservatives and lots of things that you really don't need to be eating. But so somebody that you might call a sugar addict might not actually be sitting around eating cupcakes. It might be from a whole host of other sources. Exactly. Um, a carboholic, a chocoholic, yeah. <laughs> anythingaholic. You know, if you're really uh, eating reactively instead of eating on purpose, that's an indication that you sort of need to put the brakes on that and put a better plan in place. And that's one of the reasons that I wrote Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies, is it lays out lots of different ways for people to have a, a, a healthy, sustainable eating plan without really being deprived. And so you mentioned if you're eating reactively instead of purposefully, can you kind of give us the profile of what the average sugar addict, you know, not looks like physically, but what they're what they're living through so that we can point the finger at ourselves? I actually outlined four different kinds of typical sort of stereotypical sugar addicts in the in beating sugar addiction for dummies and one of the most common ones I call the exhausted addict and this is somebody who runs his or herself just into the ground all the time they're always busy and they're always stressed out and they take care of everybody else's needs except their own and they don't put any time and effort into 
treating themselves well with food or with exercise or with any of the other, even sitting, you know, taking five minutes to breathe and relax, they, they won't do that for themselves. So that's a pretty common profile right there, somebody who is sort of living on the edge of being overstressed, and the last thing they want to think about is what they need to eat next. Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, ay. I bet you there's a lot of people that hear themselves in that, especially women, I hate to say. Well, I think uh, women tend to shoulder in this society nowadays, they tend to shoulder not only a career, but also a lot of the family stuff, too. So they're really doing double duty most of the time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why a lot of the self-care goes on the back burner for women. So before you think, hey, I'm so good to everybody else, I deserve a cupcake, Dan has some ideas for you to break that addiction, don't you? You say there are really three tools to a sustainable and more nutritious diet. What are those? Three tools for a sustainable and nutritious diet. Um, The first thing is what we just talked about, is eating purposefully instead of reactively. It only takes 30 seconds to plan what you're going to eat for the rest of the day. It doesn't really take that much time. And for a lot of people, I think it becomes sort of this overwhelming hairy monster to have to think about what they're going to eat. But it's really... Realistically, it only takes 30 or 45 seconds to to plan it out. So once you have on a sheet of paper what you're going to eat and when, then you're not at the mercy of whatever is in the break room at work or whatever you can grab right. and drive through or something like that. So it's really being being purposeful. Uh, tool number two is making sure that you don't keep uh, tempting, unhealthy convenience foods in your house. That is simple. so true, Dan. It's it funny because... Simple, but People don't do it. It's like I'll, I hear clients talk to me all the time about, oh, I had a bad night last night. I came home from work and I gobbled down, you know, whatever, half a pack of co- package of cookies or whatever they had in the pantry. And my first question is, why was that the first thing that you could grab? It shouldn't even be in the house. Exactly. Or when people say they're worried about how their kids eat and snack, and it's like, last I looked, little kids can't drive, don't have a wallet, and aren't at the grocery store. So, you know. <laughs> can I steal that? I like that. You can. You can. But it's true. It's like, come on, that's your choice. And and you, you have some eye-opening things that you say we should leave off our list when we're planning. And, and the, some of those uh, hidden sugars that we talked about. I mean, I think of microwave popcorn as a salt snack, and yet you're saying get that off the list. Yeah, I think um, if you get a, a healthy kind of popcorn, if you buy organic popcorn and you pop it yourself in an air popper or in a little bit of canola oil, then you're okay. But if you look at the, the microwave prepackaged stuff and you actually look at the ingredients in there, you'll never touch another bag again. Mm-hmm. It's loaded with uh, sugars and trans fats and preservatives and artificial colors and chemical sweeteners and all sorts of stuff. Plus the plastic wrapper itself, when you heat it, you know, it, it leaks out those PFOA chemicals that are really uh, hazardous to your health too. So uh. Popcorn as a category, not unhealthy. Prepackaged microwave popcorn, stay away, make your own. And I have a little tip for you there, Dan. You know, you can put a little bit of kernels, popcorn kernels, in a brown paper lunch bag and fold the top over repeatedly so that, you know, it's fairly secure and then pop it like you do the the microwave popcorn. 
Oh, you can microwave it in a in a paper bag. bag. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't taste like all that gooey, salty. You know, <laughs> you can add a little olive oil or something yourself when you're done. But it, it really, it's just as fast. Although I, I also stand by micro or popcorn on the stovetop is also really fast. We've forgotten how fast that was all yeah. along. It is fast. Yeah. All right. So if you don't have an air popper. Microwave in a paper bag. I'm there you go. That. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you that like all of the dummies books, this is laid out so that truly, even if we're a dummy, we can go through it and learn how to beat our sugar addiction. And I think you'd be surprised. Dan, if we gave up sugar for a while, what are some of the things we might feel for a moment before getting to actually feeling better? Some of the adverse feelings we might feel giving up some sugar. Oh, well, sometimes uh, people will go through an energy crash instead of a surge. It seems to be about 50-50 with the people that I've worked worked with, about 1,000 people over the last 20 years. And it seems... um, to be about 50-50. Some people, when they stop eating uh, so much sugar and drugging themselves all the time, they'll notice a big uptick in energy and they'll feel fantastic almost right away, within days. Mm-hmm. And other people go through a little period of just the opposite. They kind of get crashed out and dragged out for a few days until their adrenal cortex starts to kick back in because what they've been doing um, is they've been relying on an external source of energy with sugar and typically caffeine on top of that in order to Uh, get their adrenal cortex to kick in and give them enough energy. So as soon as they stop doing that, then your body takes a few days to to recover from that. Have you heard of people who get uh, caffeine headaches? Yes. They don't have coffee? Yeah. That's what that comes from. So after just a few days, that tends to abate and you're back to normal. You know, it's like quitting smoking too. You know, at first people have a headache or they're cranky, but then once they're through it, it's so much worth it on the other side. Well, I'll tell you that in the back of the book, there are all kinds of sugar busting recipes um, for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. There's a lot of good alternatives for you here. Uh, I'm flipping through the nourishing dinners. So check it out. You've got to beat your sugar addiction. And Dan DeFigio has written the book, Beating Sugar Addiction for Dummies. And Dan, I have to say thank you for joining me on Amy's Table today. We're going to put a link to all your information on my website. And thanks a lot for some eye-opening info. Thank you, Amy. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. For more, visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com. 